0: So, like I said, yes, when people ask how to begin, I think the primary thing to do is uh, is to collate whatever you've got, just compile it and build it into a portfolio you may not want to spend anything initially into a website or something there are a lot of sites which allow you free hosting there are a lot of portfolio sites wherein you can just have your work uploaded and you can showcase to your respective clients right so uh, i think you can just start it without any investment i mean of course a camera and the gear is is an investment but apart from that as a business uh, photography is something which you really just start without any other investments
1: My motto is, put your best food forward. Well, here on this podcast, I promise to keep it raw and real and hope you find your answers, action and inspiration as we move through the episodes. So today we are talking to Abhishek Khanna, Abhishek is a food stylist and commercial food photographer based in Gurgaon, India. And the thing is, he's not just a food photographer. He also does architecture and product photography. And what's interesting is his journey to photography. He's been a photographer for almost five years or more than five years now. And he started his corporate career in a call center. And from that, he moved into product management, operations, and the way he's brought all of that, his experience, his learnings to photography and how he runs his business and how he has made it amongst one of India's best food photographers. It's really a journey to be heard and I can't wait to have this conversation with him because he brings a very cool perspective. He's a very inspiring person and he has won so many different awards. He's also been featured in many different magazines. If you shoot Indian food or if you've ever shot Indian food, there is no way that you have not heard about Abhishek. Abhishek is a rock star when it comes to making Indian food look appetizing and Indian food shine on the screen. And he's going to leave us with a lot of inspiration and also a lot of information about commercial food photography, what goes on behind the scenes, what it takes to be a commercial food photographer, how it was for him, what were the challenges, what was his gear, who are the clients, just every single thing. So let's get started. Hi Abhishek and welcome to My Food Lens podcast. It's an absolute pleasure, an absolute delight to have you here. I mean, if there's anyone who's ever shot Indian food there's no way, no way in the world that they haven't seen your work and they haven't come across your name. So you can imagine my delight of having you on the other side today and especially to talk about a topic like commercial food photography because God knows you're a boss at it. So before moving forward, I think Abhishek, it would be wonderful if you could just briefly introduce yourself to our audience.
0: Thank you Gildima for having me at this session and I really love talking about my work. And uh, I really love connecting with people who share the same passion for the field that I am in. And it's a delight having this uh, conversation with you. A little bit about me. uh, Guys, I'm Abhishek Khanna. I'm a commercial food stylist and a food photographer based in Gurgaon, India. And I've been doing this as a profession for almost five years now. And uh, well, that's about it.
1: (laughs) You're Well, it's amazing, like to see your journey of the last five years, it's pretty incredible. And I know that like many photographers, you kind of tiptoed into photography from a corporate world. I mean, I kind of have a similar story, but tell us, how did you get into photography? Because I know that you don't just do food photography, you have many different avenues that you shoot. But so tell us how you got into photography and how did food turn out to be one of your areas of interest?
0: Uh, so uh, it's not been uh, that long that I bought a camera and like started exploring photography I mean it was just the early uh, months of 2016 that's almost like six years ago I had bought my first camera then I was fond of photography but it was more like uh, phone photography when I used to travel I used to do do it from the phone and I was not that keen about pursuing it with a camera so, like I said, it was uh, early 2016 and that is when I felt that, okay, this is something which I'm uh, like really uh, passionate about. And I think getting a camera would really help me polish my skills and learn more about photography. So, that is when I uh, decided to do that. Fast forward to end of 2016. Well, I was out of my job uh, that time. Once I left my job, uh, I did not take a photography immediately. I mean, I had like a couple of months with me. Firstly, I traveled for a month. I thought I I had worked really hard for the last 15 16 years and I I kind of needed a break and uh, right. I, I traveled around Rajasthan uh, for a month and wow uh, I was exploring photography doing travel photography doing portraits and every all all kinds of things that I could just capture I was clicking so like I once heard that your first uh, 10000 photos are your worst <laughs> Uh, for yes. me, for me, it yes. was like for <laughs> me, it was like I, I need to pick as many pictures as I can because that is the only way wow, I can, I can okay. maybe, uh, look back and see. Okay, this is how I have come uh, so far, and this is how I have improved my work. So, so I was just doing it for the fun of it that time. I spent good three four months or uh, turning this into a profession because I really wanted to be sure in my head. A, uh, I always wanted to be in a corporate role. I was not keen on getting into a business, though I belong to a business family. Right. But I was not uh, really keen on doing that. And for me, photography was something which I really loved doing, but I was not sure whether I could do this as a profession and I could do this day in and day out, even on the days when I'm not motivated to do it. So, so when it uh, turns into a profession, you just have to like, Push yourself to uh, do it every time with the same level of motivation.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's tough.
0: So, so yeah. So for me, that was the only thing that I wasn't sure of. And once that was sorted in my mind, that is when I thought, okay, now this is something which I really can uh, do now and take up as a profession. Initially, I did all sorts of assignments. I shot a friend's, uh, his daughter's birthday party. Okay. I shot corporate events. Wow. I've shot like what all. I've like done almost every kind of photography in the start just to practice and polish my skills with, with the camera. And uh, food was something which which I really like. I am a hardcore foodie. Right. So uh, food is something which is really close to the heart. And I used to yes. blog about it. I used okay. to write about it as well.
1: Okay. So, uh,
0: yeah so I used to do a little bit of writing uh, as well uh, like I used to share my travel experiences or blog about places that I've visited and more uh, of a storytelling kind of a blogging that I used to do earlier yeah so that's about it and food is something like I said it's just me and uh, I had to eventually get into food photography <laughs> because it, that I I think that was really my uh, true calling It was your love for food. But tell me, tell me,
1: Abhishek, what was your past life? What were you doing before you were a photographer? What role, what industry were you in?
0: So uh, I am a college dropout and I really haven't uh, completed my graduation. Though I have attended three years of college, but that was only outside the college. Never went inside. Well, jokes apart, I started working when I was almost like, I think I guess 21 or something. I was yeah. like in my first yeah. or second year of college that time. Right. So that is when I started. I, I started my career with call centers. I was working with the small scale BPO's I used to do telemarketing and all. Then yeah. I gradually moved on to uh, like international call centers. And then from there, uh, my shift happened. I joined a friend, he was into manufacturing furniture. So okay. so I have worked in the furniture industry for 4 years. Okay. Then from there my uh, ex boss called me to join his startup. So my last job was as a senior product manager with a tech startup in Gurgaon. They okay. were into a uh, financial sector. Right. So I was I was more of a product guy uh, there I was doing designing of the uh, user experience and writing product documents and all of that. So again I don't have any formal training for that even for photography I don't have any formal training. So so I think uh, what makes me uh, going for like all these things is is really the need to feed my uh, curiosity. And like every time I get into something, yeah. I really want to do it with like all my heart. So that's about it.
1: <laughs> no, that's such a great example because this is something that I totally believe in. And if someone ever asks me a question, if I ever give anyone an advice, for me, it's always like, if you feel like you have a calling, answer it. And I think that you did it so brilliantly. I mean, to be at the beginning of 2016, to just be kind of exploring this, toying with this idea of photography, and then knowing that those 10,000 photos need to be done and whatever it took, you did that. I mean, that is fantastic. So this clearly shows that you really don't need formal training, education, degrees, to find yourself as a professional and it can be any damn field. <laughs> right. So tell us at what point so you were doing all these photography assignments sometimes of friends, sometimes covering events, at what point did you feel like, okay, I feel ready. now I can turn it into a business like how did that come about that you were like, let's make the jump now, let's take this leap of faith now. What was that tipping point?
0: So I had, like I said, I had been uh, at home for fairly, like uh, like three, four months after leaving my job and I was still figuring out things. And like I said, once uh, I had made up my mind, okay, this is something which I really want to get into now. So what I decided was to first move out of my house and take a small co-working space nearby. Because I realized uh, for the fact that you cannot just work on plans and do things at home because you have to right a lot of things happening around and you need to devote your time there as well so you're not able to just do something with like a long duration and just give it your time so uh, that is when i felt that i needed a space where i can just be alone and like do my work and then just concentrate on what i want to do next so my first thing was to get to a co-working space fairly uh, near to my house so no stress of like driving and all once that was done my next goal was to build a portfolio So a lot of people ask me how to start or how to get into food photography. So so I tell them that the first thing that you need to do is build a portfolio. You may not necessarily have uh, works for clients that you can show, but you can show anything. So like my first portfolio was built with pictures that I clicked when I was visiting restaurants to eat with family, with friends. I used to carry a camera along and take pictures there. So that is how my initial uh, food portfolio was built. I even had uh, like a... A children photography section there, which I don't have now because then I eventually realized that mm. I totally wanted to get into uh, like advertising or like uh, commercial photography. So so like I said, yes, when people ask how to begin, I think the primary thing to do is, uh, is to collate whatever you've got, just compile it and build it into a portfolio. You may not want to spend anything initially into a website or something. You, there are a lot of sites which allow you free hosting. There are a lot of portfolio sites wherein you can just have your work uploaded and you can showcase to your respective clients. Right. So uh, I think you can just start it without any investment. I mean, of course, a camera and the gear is, is an investment. But apart from that, as a business, uh, photography is something which you really just start without any other investments.
1: Right. And it sounds like you kind of always had this at the back of your mind when you were practicing your photography skills that you would turn it into a business, that you would give it a shot and you kind of worked on it even as a hobby and later on as a skill with that in mind. Is that right to say?
0: Mm, Well, not really. I was not really sure whether I would be one day uh, practicing photography as a business. Okay. so I, I really wasn't that sure about it. I was happy doing my job, but it was just a, a trigger of events that happened. Uh, the company was doing cost cutting and they were like, they were really short on funds and uh, they had to let some of the senior members go. So uh, I think it came as a blessing in disguise for me because I was too much into my comfort zone for like right. 15. Like I told you, I was like working for 15, 16 years. I was, I guess, yeah. I think I was almost 34, 35 that time. And uh, Like I had crossed my teens and now I was like in my (laughs) mid-thirties, comfortable in my role and you work nine to six and you get a fixed uh, salary at the end of the month. So as comfortable as it can get. I mean, uh, one just needs a push to get into things. Uh, For me, it came as a blessing that I had to leave my job. Otherwise, I don't think I would have really thought of getting into photography as a business. I was exploring other things such as... uh, travel photography, travel writing but when I eventually left my job I realized that you really cannot do it as commercially as other genres of photography so it takes time to build on then uh Travel photography is something wherein you have to invest from your pocket. You have to travel to all these beautiful places and so true. Uh, spend your money mm-hmm. on it. I mean, I do l- love traveling and I still do it. But then now I have a means to fuel my other passion for, uh, Absolutely. for travel photography. So 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 one passion is getting me business and I'm now using that to uh, also follow my other passions. So yeah, like they say that money uh, isn't important, but yeah, it is important to yeah, uh, like follow your passions and realize your dreams. So you, should, you need uh, finances for that.
1: Absolutely. Money becomes a medium
0: to get to your dreams. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. See, money is important. But for me, it's a byproduct of the kind of work that I do. Uh, my focus is on doing good work. And yes, rest, everything will automatically fall in place.
1: You bring up such an important point that you did not get into food photography or photography in general because of glamour or because of the money or because of anything else. It was your love for this creative field that brought you into it. I think for those who are contemplating whether they should be here or not, I think you bring up such a great point that money cannot be the criteria to decide. That's fantastic. Because if you
0: can love your work, then uh, there's nothing like it.
1: So you took that space and then you found this zone where you were, you know, finding your creative spirit. But how was it different from your 15, 16 years of being in a corporate life? What were the differences that you were seeing? Well, and what were the challenges or the pressures that you were feeling that because it was a new business after all? So what was all that?
0: Uh, Like I told you that I had worked in different industries and at different positions and different fields. So that kind of really helped me when I decided to do this as a profession, because all of that experience was really helpful because I had worked in the furniture industry where I was working as a director managing the entire operations. And for me, it was more like a business only. So, And we used to deal with all five-star hotels because our clientele was majorly uh, the hospitality industry. So I kind of was already uh, into that kind of audience, uh, talking to them. And plus I was also managing a lot of operations. So uh, for me, all the things that I've done in the past 15 years was kind of, it it all just fell in place and it just helped me here. Last profile I was into uh, doing uh, like uh, making Excel sheets, capturing data. And a lot of that things and make processes and define steps on how to go about something so so i think all those learnings in the past 15 16 years have really helped me and uh, i mean i've just applied that to my profession uh, i was not keen to be, become a businessman but i do belong to a business family so i think i guess the business acumen kind of uh, is already like inbuilt maybe i, have, yeah. I didn't realize it earlier. And, and uh, I'm just p- polishing yeah. it now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so were there any like things that you found exceptionally difficult as you went into this new career? Was there any pressure that you felt maybe financially, maybe the pressure, like any other struggle that you felt right in the beginning?
0: Yeah, of course, financially, I like I'm married, I have two kids. And uh, so, so you already have a lot of things on your plate to take care of. So when you're working, you know that on the 31st of the month or the last day of the month, you will get your salary and then you can manage your expenses. But when you're into a business and when you're just starting out and uh, like I may have been working for a very long time, but I did not have a lot of savings with me that I could use for longer periods. So, so for me, it was very, very critical that I had to crack this uh, as soon as possible yeah. and monetize it as soon as possible. So yeah, finance is definitely a challenge because uh, initially I remember I used to work with natural light because I just couldn't uh, afford getting into uh, continuous light or any, any other kind of artificial lights. that time. I had a very basic camera. I was using a Canon 700D and uh, I used to shoot with that and I, I shot for almost good, like uh, out of five years, I shot for good two, two and a half years uh, with that. So for me, yeah, initially it was like wait and watch and I was just uh, waiting yeah. for the opportunities to come in and then uh, whatever I earned from them, I used to invest it back in the business and then again yeah. churn it out. I remember I was once shooting a corporate event, I was just getting paid like 1500 rupees a day. For that shoot i went ahead and bought a flash that was for almost like eight nine thousand rupees oh my god so because because for me the objective was that uh, my shoot should happen yes uh, seamlessly and this is an investment i can uh, i can do like uh, three four more couple of shoots and my price of this is like already yeah. uh, compensated for so i think for me what was important was whatever i was earning i was just pumping it back into the business and i was then kind of multiplying it and investing in it uh, so initially yeah it was difficult with funds and all but i just stuck to it i just held on to it and i uh, i said to myself that
1: yeah i don't have an option i will not give up <laughs> exactly you work like your tail is on fire <laughs> right <laughs> yes so you said that you also did blogging and uh, you were writing some recipes so my impression of social media is that a lot of food photographers on social media today have a very editorial (laughs) style. And especially if you are creating for a blog, then your style of photography, your style of writing is somewhat editorial. So how did you decide that you were going to go the other route? Because commercial photography is a lot different. The process is a lot different the way you would execute it. So how did you decide that commercial work was really where you wanted to be?
0: Uh, well, uh, dhitima uh, commercial photography has actually changed a lot in the last five years or so. And I would say that uh, I was one of the early movers in this industry when commercial photography was just changing into a different kind of a genre and more of a casual pe- brands were uh, like right. they were. Taking more of a casual approach towards their photos and they wanted what we call as mood shots or conceptual shots. Earlier commercial photography was not about mood shots or conceptual shots. They were very, very product centric and it it was like very, very like food specific and very much uh, focused on the food. But what happened gradually was uh, as social media came in and in India, like, you know, like internet is like very huge here. Yes. And uh, in metro cities, people rely on apps such as Zomato, Sugi. And that time there was even Uber Eats that uh, which was operational. So so these corporates and these companies uh, created a huge demand of photos online. Earlier, what used to happen was in commercial photography, a brand would get a shoot done uh, say today and for the next five six years they were just going to use those photos over and over and over again but now what has changed is that even like smaller restaurants cloud chains and everyone if you are on online portals you need photographs to sell I think that has just created a huge demand for food photography now and uh, it like I said it has changed from very hardcore food centric photos to more of Casual photos because social media, uh, it really works about like telling a story to your audiences. So, so true, so true. So that has really changed. And I have really observed that change when I first started out. I started off with Uber Eats and uh, what they demanded was. Uh, so I guess I was the oldest one uh, there because all <laughs> the other photographers were like young college going students. Yeah. And, uh, but for me, it was a good break. And uh, I said that uh, I need to learn. So I, I'll take up whatever comes my way. So so I was doing Uber Eats that time and they kind of pushed the photographers to conceptualize and like style the shoot or the shot themselves and played the food themselves and then shoot it. So Mm. earlier commercial photography was more about uh, people uh, playing their own independent roles. There was a food stylist, there was a prop stylist, there was an art director, there was a photographer. So what these uh, companies did was they uh, bundled all of them into one person and they said, boss, it is your responsibility. You go to a restaurant you do the shoot and these were these were not like very uh high paying shoots these were very simple shoots because i used to shoot like five or six restaurants in a day oh and, wow uh, yeah so they Whoa. would like say uh, give me an area in west delhi and they would give me restaurants nearby i would just go visiting them with all my crockery and everything yes and like shoot five, five pictures each at, at every restaurant and just and just come back
1: oh my god so, wow
0: so like yeah. commercial photography is, it has really changed now. Uh, re, uh, now yeah. restaurants want pictures almost every month. They want images because they have to be in the business and they need content because right now it's all about content and people want good photos of their food. Right. So, so commercial photography has really evolved and, uh, I would say that I think I made a good call that I moved into it immediately when the market was just starting out yeah, so yeah and because of my experience and my age I think I, I had that uh, competitive edge that I was able to understand the business more or uh, rather understand the business side of it and and yes. uh, immediately apply it to practice so yes uh, commercial photography what it was five years back or eight years back is totally different it's, it's a lot of things have changed and uh, it has just evolved to a whole new level of conceptual and mood photography.
1: That's so interesting because honestly, I can sort of see that in your photos as well. I can see that there is a sense of storytelling. I mean, there is still... A sense of it being very commercial and that kind right. of you know boldness to it very clean but at the same time there is an aspect of storytelling which is relatable natural kind of the editorial right. side this is such good information loving it. So tell me how did you start like I know that you were going to all these restaurants and you were like hopping and you were doing five shoots but what gear did you start out with? Did you have enough Or did you slowly build it? And what was your key gear that you started shooting as a commercial
0: food photographer with? I built my gear and everything. It was a slow uh, process. And like I told you that uh, I used to work and then I used whatever I used to own, I used to invest it back in the business and do stuff. Initially, I used to work with just two boards. I used to carry a kind of a jute, kind of a rug or something, which I used to use as a background. I even used to carry floor tiles and whatnot. I mean, so whatever uh, I could afford that time, I I really wanted to make the most of it. And uh, I worked with a very basic gear. Uh, I was working with a Canon 700D and I bought a 50mm lens along with that. Initially, I had a very uh, uh, flimsy tripod. So whatever I have done so far, it's it's purely from my experiences. And when I've understood why people work with this kind of gear and why not the other kind of gear. So I have... Then eventually gone for it. Initially, yeah. I had no clue about how to light up my shots, how to use uh, artificial lighting. So I used to work with natural light. I used to go to restaurants and I told them that we have a time bracket of so many hours and we have to finish the shoot between that time because then yeah. the natural light is gone. Right. Uh, a lot of people come to me that uh, how easy it is to work with flashes or strobes as a layman. If you see it from the outside, I mean, it looks very, very technical. And people really hesitate uh, into getting into uh, artificial light photography. But once you get into it, I mean, uh, you can just do anything with lighting. And for me, it's lighting is the only thing about my work. And I just like to keep the lighting very, very dramatic. And for me, I believe that lighting really plays a key role in photography. Initially, I worked with very basic gear and as and when I uh, felt that now I needed to upgrade and uh, yeah. it would really help me take my photography to the next level. That is when I made the move and uh, I had to be sure why it is needed and I mean, will it solve any purpose or will it contribute to what I'm doing right now? So that is when I uh, made a move and uh, I understood the pros and cons and that is when I used to uh, invest in gear very carefully and very subtly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And like gradually uh, building all all my inventory and uh, having all my props, my gear and everything in place. I mean, it's something which I've built over the past five years. uh, Not from like day one.
1: That's such a smart way to go about it. And also such a wise way (laughs) to do it. Because so many of us look at, oh, this person's using this. And then, you know, you go and buy it and then you're like, oh, that's not even my style. That's not even what I need. And then it's just sitting out there. And especially if you spend a lot on different kinds of lenses and, you know, half of the time, that's just not the kind of lens that you would either use in a commercial shoot or your personal work. So it's just sitting out there and you bought it because someone else said that it was very cool. So, yeah, I think that's such a smart way of doing it. So because you did not start from an industry which was connected to photography, did you have a tough time finding clients or uh, was it easy? Like, did they find you? And how are you putting the word out in the market? How are you marketing yourself as a commercial food
0: photographer? Uh, yeah, so when I had bought a camera, I was very, very active on social media. And I was kind of uh, sharing my uh, travel stories, my pictures, whatever I used to click. I used to like put it on my social media and share it. People used to see that, okay, so this guy is doing photography or like maybe as a hobby. But yeah, so they got a gist of it that okay, he's doing something. And uh, eventually when I uh, turned it into a profession, so it kind of uh, helped me because people knew that I was already doing uh, that for interest. And now since I had turned it into a profession, uh, people knew and initially uh, all the work that came to me was through references. Uh, And again, Mm -hmm. I was like I said, I was very, very, uh, I'm very much into social media. I mean, I don't let it kind of bother me that I need content every time to share uh, something. But when I say I was very much into social media, what I mean is that uh, like I like to explore it and I like to make best of it and put it to my advantage. Right. So uh, my initial clients were all from uh, like Facebook and all uh, people used to post in uh, photography groups and all that we're looking for a photographer. And of course, since I was starting out, uh, it and like I said, that uh, conceptual photography was just picking up that time. So I had that kind of portfolio which uh, initially people used to like. Yeah. And uh, so that's how I got my initial clients. And uh, Uber Eats was one of my first clients. So I was like, uh, almost for six, eight, eight months, I had absolutely uh, nothing to do. And then the uh, these guys, again, they posted on Facebook that they were looking for uh, food photographers for their platform. And I just applied. I shared my work. And and that's how I started doing it. So, uh, yeah, initially, it was kind of difficult also, but, but I knew how to uh, get to it. So I was uh, not on Google. I was not on uh, anywhere else. I was primarily on Facebook where people were doing mm-hmm. posting their questions yeah. and like there are a lot of groups on Facebook where yeah. you can just post people are looking
1: on Facebook. people are looking right, on social media
0: right. and I was there. I just okay. want to be present on every platform as possible. So today, I'm on Google and uh, I built my website on my own. I do the SEO on my own. So everything is like uh, I've done it on my own, and you search me on Google, you find me on the first page. I'm kind of very much like into uh, like technical things and uh, like making the most of it for my own advantage. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to be there. I want to be present, so that if even if somebody looks for a photographer, they see my name there. So at least they know uh, who I am. You're there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They get
0: to see my work. Amazing. So I think it's it's about being present and being visible. And uh, even today, a lot of my work comes from references like uh, I may have shot for somebody or maybe one of my friend mentioned my name uh, to somebody that, okay, you're looking for someone,
1: uh, take
0: this person or uh, speak to him. And even there are a lot of people who just follow me on Facebook, they never interact, they never comment on their pictures, but even they end up recommending... uh, my name to others. So so it's all about being present and uh, like you need to be there. So if, if somebody thinks food photography, they should think me. I mean, that's how yes. I want to be present all across these uh, platforms.
1: And also you must have done a really good job because people don't give references of people who don't do a good job. So obviously your work was also speaking for itself and so was word of mouth. So social media, word of mouth and the quality that you brought to the table, I guess that was all playing a part
0: So there was uh, this kind of group, which was like uh, purely commercial photographers. They were like into very high-end shoots for big brands. And then there was a kind of a group, which was more like young and uh, very uh, college uh, people who were just doing working, who were working for Zomato, Uber Eats and Sugi and all these food platforms. And uh, there was a kind of a big gap there. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the commercial photographers were like, of course, their level of work was very different from uh, the level of work that all these youngsters were doing. So I kind of bridged the gap. I was like, uh, uh, so, so what happened was the younger guys, were they are usually. So when you start out, you usually charge less. You, you don't know what to charge. So like, uh, I don't know what the industry standards are. I just charge what I feel is justified for my time and effort. So like a lot of people ask me, sir, how do I charge and what should I charge? What should, what is the right amount? So I don't know what the right amount is. I just charge what I felt was right. And uh, So I realized uh, that though these people were uh, kind of, they were doing a decent job, but they were very, very inexperienced and very, very uh, like young, they lacked that professionalism uh, the way that you normally deal with your clients or work with your clients. So I think it was an advantage to me that uh, since I had a lot of experience uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, I had worked a lot before, I understood how to deal with people, how to be professional, how to have everything in place that the way you send your quotations, the way you do follow-ups, then when you're on the shoot, the way you behave, or like how you have your team around you, it really is your work that matters. But yeah, these things do really matter in the grander scheme of things. That 100%. Uh, I mean, uh, what I'm really happy today is that all of my clients that I've worked with, I have a very good relationship with them. I even tell my clients that I love doing the shoots because uh, I just have fun over here. I mean, your shoots are like that. So I just love working with you guys. So... Uh, A, we are having fun, Uh, B, we are doing good work and C, we are also keeping it very, very professional as well. You need to maintain that decency or maybe have that line. There's a very fine line there. So I think it's a combination of all of of those things that really help you uh, get more work uh, eventually.
1: Absolutely. And there's no substitute to giving good service to a client. I mean, more often than not. They come back because they like working with you and the experience that you give them right. of working with yourself. So totally with you on that. So your clients are these very. Uh, just,
0: to, uh, <laughs> just to I, I just uh, just to yes. add to it, uh, I even used to get calls from people who would say that we have a shoot tomorrow. Why? Because the photographer canceled at the last minute. So, oh uh, no! I mean, I, and that and that really happens a lot. I mean, people are looking for food stylists and food photographers. Uh, oh my god! Want someone tomorrow because somebody just canceled. I mean, in my five years, I have never, ever cancelled a shoot. I know, uh, like I was working for a client and uh, they are uh, one of my oldest clients. And I was not doing well that day. I was kind of, uh, I had a very mild uh, viral that time. So, but I still went ahead and did the shoot because uh, yes. that day uh, we we were eventually to shoot their uh, MD as well. We I had to do a portrait of their managing director as well. And I felt that cancelling would not look good. And since yeah. I've committed it, and I think uh, I'm in a shape that I can go to the shoot and do my best. So I said, I'll go, I'll continue with it. So I don't know if it matters to the client or not, but to me it matters because if I'm doing, saying something and I'm not uh, doing that, I mean, uh, end of the day, uh, I need to sleep peacefully. So, yeah. so I really, I really <laughs> want that. <laughs> no, but so, I'm
1: pretty certain that it matters to the client because do you think they called the other photographers who canceled, do they think yeah, they ever right. call them again? Never. Well, you were the yeah, reliable guy, I mean, right? yeah,
0: It matters, but yeah, I mean, it matters to me more before it matters to sure. them. That yes, if I have absolutely. said that I'll give you the photos in three days, then it has to be three days. It cannot be yeah. uh, that something has gone wrong or this has happened. Yeah, there yeah. are uh, problems. You face challenges, uh, but then if you already are punctual and uh, uh, good in dealing with them, they will also understand, uh, people understand that absolutely uh, mishaps do happen and uh, sometimes you uh, fall on your timelines but then uh, right. if you're repeating it every time then there is certainly something wrong.
1: Yeah clients love to see integrity and I think that's what you're bringing exactly. to them. So you have, exactly. a, you have a ton of like amazing very fancy clients, very prestigious clients And you are now in the other group. You are in the other snooty group (laughs) now. (laughs) So (laughs) no, but the thing is that that's what you worked. You worked your way up. You worked so, so hard for it. And from what I'm hearing from you, you enjoy all kinds of work and you bring quality service and experience to the table. But when you started out, uh, was there any specific kind of work or a specific dream client that you had in mind?
0: I don't know if I had anything going on in my mind that, okay, this is the client that I really want to work with. But yes, there are some clients that uh, I really wanted to get into because uh, we have always like grown up uh, looking at the pictures uh, on the billboards and inside restaurants. And ever since I became a photographer, I used to walk into a store and just see a picture there and I would say, wow, look at that. Then I would probably imagine myself that how would I feel if my picture is there tomorrow and people look at it and say that. So, yeah, of course, uh, in the back of the mind, it is always there. You really want your work. I mean, uh, whenever I see my work getting displayed, I'm always as excited as, as I was the first time that I saw it. For an artist to see your work uh, visible and uh, in places wherein people can see it, uh, it makes them, uh, uh, people say that if your food pictures can make the other person want that food, then your job is done. For me, uh, When people see my pictures and they say that I feel like picking it up from the screen, it's a very big compliment and uh, I feel that my job was well done. So I can then pat my back, okay, that you did a good job. So for any kind of artist, that is very important and you really want to see your work everywhere. I I love doing it. I love doing it for myself. That experience is, it's totally uh, rewarding. I mean... Though you don't need any acknowledgement from anyone that you're doing good work, but still, you are human and uh, that's not how your mind works. And uh, there are days when you're feeling really demotivated. So all these things really keep you going. Right. So when I started, like I said, there were months when I had no work and I was just uh, sitting at home doing nothing. And uh, it was all building up on me that what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? I remember it was a Monday and I just picked up my camera and uh, I I went to this uh, monumental site in Delhi, Kutub Minar, if you've heard about it. I just went there and did some uh, photography there. I was alone. I was doing some architectural shots and some kind of landscape shots at the place. And when I came back, I saw the pictures and I felt very happy. It kind of boosted me that and those are the times when you're down, when you're low and when you don't uh, feel like getting into that mode. All these incidents that you've happened, they just keep on pushing you to do uh, more every time. So I think acknowledgement is good because you will have days wherein you're down, you're demotivated. And when uh, you get to hear that people find your work inspiring. I mean, for me, uh, what is inspiring is that people saying that my work is inspiring. And uh, I think uh, all these things really push you. And every time I get behind the camera, my mind is like that. I have to give my best and I have to do my best. So... So I think all these things really push you and they really make you do good work as well. Amazing. So we talked so much
1: about like what it takes to maybe start a photography business and challenges, mindset, clients. Let's talk a little bit about the shoot, what it takes to execute a commercial shoot. All right. So we start from the pre-production phase. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is usually your process? Do you do a pre-production meeting and what is it that you plan in that meeting?
0: commercial photography is now very much different there are a lot of avenues inside commercial photography so there is there is commercial photography and then there is uh, restaurant photography though it is commercial because I mean you're doing it commercially but then uh, there is a lot of difference uh, there in both of them so so when you're working with bigger clients and uh, let's say you're working with clients such as uh, McDonald's or Domino's uh, Big brands, big QSRs. So they have a very um, defined way of working. They'll usually have a mood board. They'll have reference images. They'll yes. Have, they'll have information on what angles the shot has to be taken. Yes. What kind of lighting is needed, and what kind of ingredients can be used? What kind of props have to be used? So everything is like very very well defined and structured. Yes. And. Uh, Usually, there is a planning which happens before the shoot. Uh, there is an expectation setting that is built between the client and the photographer. And also, in commercial shoots, uh, I normally uh, work with uh, a different stylist. I don't style uh, my own photos because uh, the food also has to be prepared from scratch. So, right. uh, I usually, what I do is I, I hire a commercial stylist who will do that for me. And then then we work together like a team but when we talk about restaurant photography it is very very different because usually when i work with restaurants uh yeah there is a basic sense of uh kind of shots that they want or basic sense of what exactly is uh, are they trying to achieve uh let's say if it's a fine dining restaurant or maybe it's a, a small cafe so so the look they have to differ from each other uh, there is a kind of sense of uh initial thought process that goes into it okay this is how i want to do it but then Restaurants are usually, uh, they are very open to what you have to say. For example, I work with a lot of clients where i have told that this is how I want to do this shot or this is how I want to do this shoot. And they have been very open and willing about it. And all my restaurant shots that I do, most of them are like on the spot conceptualizations. Even uh, like I recently uh, worked for uh, this brand called Jason Mirjin. And uh, I'm very proud of uh, the work that I've done for them. And I'm really happy how the pictures turned out. Yeah. Uh, They were all like conceptualized on the spot. I mean, we had a fair bit of idea of the kind of props that we're going to use. Right. Uh, In fact, I even had a a stylist with me on that shoot. And we were like just working together because since I have that knack of uh, doing styling for my own shots, so I always like to get into control and do it together. So, I think that's also an advantage uh, because uh, I can also think like a stylist and I can also contribute to the whole uh, shoot as a stylist and if, so for the shoot like I was even doing the art direction like planning okay we knew what the props were we knew that okay it's a valentine's theme, and uh, we yeah. had already sourced the relevant props uh, 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 beforehand but then how we wanted to do the shot, uh, what color should we make the drink uh, mm. look like? And I mean, it was all like on the spot. I remember there was one, uh, one, one of the shots, it's one of my favorites uh, so far. Yeah. It's not been published yet uh, by the client. So I'm just waiting for them to release it so that I can post it as well. Right. And uh, uh, so Jaisalmer gin is like the word Jaisalmer. It's it's very Indian and the tagline says the royalty awaits. So it's kind of... Uh, like that so uh, so the client was there on the shoot day and i asked them that if you are okay if uh, that we go with more of a kind of a vintage uh, kind of a look or maybe use some rustic yeah. elements and yeah. kind of a royal but Talking i just made, yeah. yeah yeah so i just had this random thought in my mind that let's give it some i mean we were doing uh, a lot of other shots were like uh, christmas based new year based valentines based and some were random shots so this was one of the random shots and I told them that, let's do this. If you're okay, then we can do this. And the client was like, yeah, we are, we are good enough. I mean, you should go ahead. And uh, then I sat down with the stylist and uh, I asked them like if they had a chessboard uh, available, if they had this, if they had that. And everything was arranged uh, in a matter of like half an hour or something. Wow. And then we did that shot and, then, and the way it turned out, I mean, I just yeah. got that shot. And I'm just waiting yeah. for the client to see it. So that <laughs> Amazing. We can't, we can't
1: wait to see it. Is it on social media yet?
0: No, no, it's not. An no, it's not a,
1: either. Okay, I, I yes. cannot
0: release it before the client. Uh, dishes it.
1: yeah. yeah well, yeah. we can't wait to see it. It sounds amazing, and it sounds very yeah. creative. It might sound royal, but it's also very contemporary. To have something like that, you might be yeah. over a game of chess, having a glass of gin, and it's. Very, very cool. That shoot sounds like you could really did bring uh, storytelling. So there are some clients for which you have a pre-production meeting where you would have very strict guidelines, the art direction already set by the brand. But there are some other brands that give you that kind of, you know, thing to kind of play around and see where your creativity can take their brand. Right? Yeah, right. Okay, perfect. And so when you're not the all-in-one on the set, when you're not doing everything, who all are there on the set? Do you have someone who's separately doing food styling, art directing, prop styling, set styling? And then do you have assistants? How crowded is the set? Is it a full house? Who all are there? (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, so uh, commercial photography, uh, it's like there is always a team. You'll have the creative team who is supposed to use the pictures and make creators out of it. And then you'll have the marketing agency or the someone from their team there to like maybe guide you uh, on uh, what the product can be like made to uh, look different and how it can be made to look different. Then uh, there is a food stylist there. Of course you have the client with you there to give you approvals on the spot. I am there, a photographer and then I have assistants uh, with me who are usually there to help me set up my light and everything there is always uh, usually a, a like a art director to so kind of uh, in commercial shoots that i have worked with the uh, kind of uh, the art director is uh, is also playing the same role as as the one who is from the creative agency and who's going right. to work with his team on the creatives and all right. so so usually they do all the art direction uh, but I have I've seen uh, in in other cities I've seen people also work with a prop stylist whose job is to just source the props. Yeah, uh, and there are like all kinds of uh, different people involved. So 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 far I have worked uh, on uh, is uh, with a separate food stylist and an art director, and uh, of course then you have the whole uh, team of uh, like me and my assistants that's about uh, the uh, shoots which are more of commercial Uh, for restaurant shoots it's it's usually me and a lot of my shoots even the client is not even like they're just not there they let me do my job and they don't even look at the pictures (laughs) beforehand oh wow uh, the restaurant shoots are like that I mean uh, yeah uh, and I am lucky to have few uh, like I mean lucky is not the word uh, but There are certain clients which are not even there on the uh, shoot, and you're just working there with your assistant. And they trust you. you.
1: They trust you that yeah. There is there is the
0: restaurant staff around, and uh, you just get your work done. Uh, They've given you the free free hand. You have the control. You can ask the kitchen to make anything you want. So that's how it works. Uh, Also, then there are restaurants wherein uh, you have. uh, client is the only one who is uh, doing the creatives as well and they have a guideline as well but then you still have that creative space or that freedom in that uh, restricted space but uh, when you talk about uh, the commercial kind of shoots they're very uh, technical they're very uh, um, kind of you can say mechanical and uh, yes if you have to go from a to z then you have to go from a to z by uh, following (laughs) the alphabets
1: yes yes So,
0: so there are all kinds of clients and all kind of kinds of requirements and Like I said, commercial photography is very, very different now. So you get to work with all kinds of brands and all kinds of people. I have worked with home chefs. I have worked with big QSRs. I have worked with small restaurants. I have worked with cloud kitchens. So I think uh, more and more people that you work with, it just adds on to your experience and uh, it's, it's always a learning. You get to work with all kinds of clients.
1: So when you don't have the client on set, how do you get approvals? Do you send them the selects later and then they choose their favorites? Or do you usually do get approvals on the spot? How do you do
0: it? Firstly, uh, some of the clients are uh, like remote. Uh, They are located in a different city and they've just sent me the product and they want me to shoot. And uh, if I'm working for the first time, then yes, I would always uh, send them the picture. uh, Maybe the initial two, three pictures. Uh, just to get a hang of that, okay, we are moving in the right direction. This is what you want. Right. Once that is done, uh, then I know that, okay, we are on the right track and we can just continue uh, doing that because uh, so eventually it kind of lengthens the process of uh, photography wherein you are clicking the picture, forwarding it to them, then you're waiting for an approval and say like after half an hour, you've already cleared the whole set and uh, now the client has a feedback that, okay, change this, which is not possible. So uh, usually... Uh, the initial uh, first two times that I, I would do that or maybe client has a different uh, kind of a requirement that I'll, I'll just share some pictures to understand and give them a hint that, okay, this is what I'm doing now. And are yeah. you okay with going into these lines? So once that is done and uh, once you've worked with them for like a couple of shoots and then you gradually have that uh, comfortability with each other, yeah. they know that what you're going to do and uh, you also know what they want. So then you can just do your job without anyone around you.
1: All right. And you already determined with the client in your pre-planning phase, how many photos you need to give and all the other details. So you know exactly that at the end of this, this is what you need yes. to deliver. All
0: so right. and, cool. and I like to keep all of that very clear and very well explained or informed. That uh, so yes. Because I like the right expectation setting to happen beforehand. Yeah. I don't want any surprises on the day of the shoot because when you're there and you have something in your mind, you planned it and you, now you're there yes. and suddenly something happens at the last minute. I mean, it, it gets very difficult. If it's not in your control, you really cannot do anything. But whatever is in your control, I, I prefer to uh, sort it out beforehand. Like, tell them that th- these are the number of images that I'm going to do. These are the number of pictures you'll get. Uh, this is the timeline. And everything is like, I even I, I tell them that give me the list of the dishes that you want, uh, that you have to be shot. I mean, I don't work like uh, we want to do 10, 12 dishes and uh, we'll just uh, decide what we want to do. On yeah. The spot. I mean, it will not happen that way true because i'll be probably sitting and waiting for the dish to arrive and uh, i'm just ending up wasting my time yeah so i mean all these things have to be like well communicated in advance so that when i'm on there on the shoot and i'm doing my job then i'm just thinking about the job I'm not thinking about whether uh, the client will with me on time or whether uh, the client will tell me at the end of the shoot, okay, let's do two more pictures. So all of that is like sorted and clear and now your focus is purely on the work that you're doing. So, Absolutely. so I, like to, uh, I like to take away all the distractions as possible. Uh, right. as many distractions all as
1: possible. the decisions are made and before the shoot and then you just go and execute on the shoot. Exactly. Fabulous. Like
0: if they want uh, bright backgrounds if they want dark background yeah. if they want to go for a dark look or so these are basic things that can be first clarified and then just when you're doing there when you are on the uh, on the day of your shoot you're just doing your job then so true so you work
1: primarily with indian food right so and you are also a stylist and you also the photographer so what are some of the key things that you'll say is very important to keep in mind when you're photographing indian food because the world finds shooting Indian food like scary, difficult and intimidating, right? And you do it so well. So what would you say are the key considerations while shooting Indian food?
0: Unlike any other food, uh, it's it's all about colors, uh, the textures and uh, the meat. And what's different in Indian food versus uh, other food is that our food is generally very, very oily. I mean, not oily is not the right word, but yeah, we like to work with a lot of uh, oil, butter, cream and spices and all those things. I mean, they are like a core ingredient of our food. And so when I'm shooting, let's say I'm shooting something like a tandoori chicken, uh, then uh, I really want that glaze to come across. Yes, oh gosh. That that shine on the food. I mean, I would usually brush it with some oil before I take the final shot so that it does not look dry. But Indian food is all about uh, that glaziness and that texture and and that color in it. Other kind of food, uh, let's say for foreigners, it's Indian food and they say, oh my God, this is too oily. I just cannot imagine having it. But I think uh, Indian food is majorly about that. And for me, Indian food is all about getting your highlights right and uh, your colors and your textures right. The marks on the uh, grill marks. The the... (laughs) The char on the tandoori chicken. (laughs) yeah, It's just the whole package. And uh, what's best about Indian food is and what I love is that it's it's cooked yet very, very raw. And, uh, and I like to keep the scenes very, very rustic, uh, like uh, raw and rustic and like give them a very casual feel. Uh, maybe sprinkle some black pepper powder uh, uh, on the board and just give it a very uh, casual, yet a very, uh, not a messy kind of look, but yeah, a very yeah. uh, organized mess kind of a look. I really like to shoot Indian food like that. And I think Indian food comes out better uh, always when you have that whole uh, rustic vibe to it. You can shoot Indian food in a minimal way as well. But for me, food photography is about showing the true uh, characteristic or the nature of the food. So so Indian food, like minimalism and Indian food is like they are different. (laughs) Of course, if somebody wants it, if somebody wants it, uh, uh, I do it. I don't mind doing it. And yes, I am not saying it will not look good. It's all about what comes to your mind naturally, yeah. and that's, you your that.
1: that's your style. That's your
0: style. Yeah, right. It's my style of photography, and I would say my style yeah. of photography is all about like rustic and yeah. very, very uh, yeah, uh, those kind of frames. So I think it comes to me naturally, and and of course I have shot a lot of Indian food in the past, and yes, uh, I think it, for me it's kind of a, a crash course uh, all these five years that I have shot Indian food. That now I can I, I'm very very comfortable uh, shooting yeah. Indian food now
1: yeah you're like bring it on <laughs> nothing <laughs> nothing intimidates you so my take on at indian food is actually the, the opposite day.
0: yeah so at the end of the day <laughs> i mean you're shooting indian food and when you go home and you like watch for dinner and like you <laughs> like i'm not gonna have indian food now <laughs> I mean, you're, just, you're just really looking at it all day your fingers your clothes are, like, of it. and then you go back home and, get to say okay we have ordered food from outside and what's and we've <laughs> like no,
1: no, and then you're like this I'm does not, a, not a, look a, pretty a, a, a gosh so my take on Indian food is always a very modern a very contemporary and a very different right. like I go the opposite direction I myself am that person so I feel like that's how I interpret Indian food which is non rustic exactly. you know so I guess the style matters but I think the key takeaway for me like what you explained is, we really need to showcase the flavors through the food, and whether it's the spices or the texture of what, whether it's a cauliflower or paneer or chicken, it should really come through. Whether it's submerged a curry or not, as photographers, we need to convey right. that to our audience. I think that was definitely a takeaway for me from
0: and you know, Dyutima, uh, It's also about bringing the whole uh, character of that uh, dish. I mean, yeah, like I said. Uh, when i was talking about that jasmine jinn shoot i was saying when you think royalty you think of something when you think india you think of something so i think when you think of oriental food uh, when you think of that kind of decor or that kind of elements around and for a viewer to connect better with your food it is always about uh, working with what they are thinking when they are gonna think of that food or think of that cuisine yeah so i think it's very, very important there. Uh, but yes, uh, like you said, that uh, your style of doing it is very, very modern. And I, I remember I, I once got an inquiry for a rice brand, and though it's an Indian basmati brand, but their market was purely uh, Europe. So, so they wanted very, very uh, kind of continental shots, uh, like the ceramic crockery and all of that uh, to be done in clean, minimal frames. So, yes, what you want to communicate is also uh, relevant. Since I'm working for the Indian market, it it is something which comes to me naturally. True. So I would rather uh, stick to my strengths and uh, like, because I know I can bring out the best of the food uh, in a particular way. And uh, I also recommend my clients also sometimes Hmm. that uh, since it's a cloud kitchen, let's not use very, very uh, ethnic or like brass or copper crockery. Absolutely. Ceramic pots or maybe... uh, uh, clay uh, pots as the, right. for the shoot because you are a cloud kitchen and you want to portray to your audiences that okay we are not a fine dine or a gourmet uh, restaurant uh, when I'm working with restaurants then uh, there is a whole uh, different approach to Indian food I like working with rustic props because uh, then you're showing some uh, I mean you're selling expensive food if I'm shooting right. uh, a cloud kitchen which is catering to let's say a younger audience or to people who are staying alone in, in, in the metro city if, if I make the food look very, very rich with rich utensils and props, I mean, uh, the person who watches it will think, okay, man, this is expensive food. I'm not going to have it uh, every day. So True. let's say if I'm working in a city and I'm staying alone and I want food, I want to order something. Find dining restaurant is something I'll probably order uh, once a week, maybe. But yeah. uh, normal uh, kind of food, which I want to eat daily for my lunch, breakfast and dinner. Yeah. It's it's going to be as expensive or as rich as that. So to understand what your client is trying to cater to is also very important. Yeah. And uh, we all of course we all always want that uh, we get a free hand and we uh, do the shoot the, the way we want to do it. So uh, yes, Indian food is something which I love shooting and uh, I think the whole style of it comes to be very naturally. So Yeah. It also shows in
1: your photos for sure, so <laughs> it's definitely a okay. strength.
0: That's why how the pictures come across to you is, is yes. because I mean, for me it is very very but natural.
1: So, have you had any like difficult clients or difficult projects or any scary like client stories that you want to share with us?
0: Uh, not exactly with clients, but yeah, I have faced uh, issues uh, when doing my shoots uh, sometimes and. I remember I was doing this shoot for uh, some organic food products like oil and something and uh, uh, I was shooting some bottles and uh, I mean that was really really difficult for me to do. I was just not able to crack the light that time. I was not uh, able to get the lighting on the labels right and uh, the labels were all like glossy and uh, reflective and all like it was showing uh, uh, in the labels and all so i was just not able to crack that lighting i was doing this shoot for the first time and i was first time uh, working on such a product so i had no idea uh, that it would turn out so difficult i did uh, one of the simpler bottles i had already shot and then i just got stuck with uh, the remaining products and i told the client that I, re- I really cannot figure this out. i i need to we need to close this session today let me think of it and how uh, we can get back to it so So, yeah, I have failed. I have failed in a lot of shoots. Uh, There are shoots in which uh, clients wanted something. And I I thought that, okay, this is my vision and this is what I'll do. And I ended up creating that. But uh, unfortunately, the client uh, did not get it or they did not... uh, they were not able to relate to it so i mean it has happened but for me it's all about learning from it so that next time when i'm doing it i'm able to do it better so uh, like i was not able to those uh, like bottles and i told my client that uh, so i i told them give me a day and let me figure out how we can do this so the next day i told them that uh the kind of setup that we are working in uh, we will always have this restriction uh, of getting your whole uh, label to look uh, like seamless and uh, the way to this is either this or that so i think one should be like willing to admit that you goofed up and most important is that uh, from your goofing up you're able to understand that what was going wrong and next time when you get into it how you can solve it so it's all about i mean you will always face uh, challenges and uh, you will always have issues but what's important is that you admit that you failed and then you uh, work on how to resolve it the next time you face such a situation i mean you don't just give up and say that next time i'll not uh, do these kind of shots so of course if i'm not interested or uh, if that is something which does not interest me something else but for me experimenting is very very important and uh, trying out uh, different things uh during my shoots is also like very very important so i i remember that i have worked with uh, brands wherein for every shot my lighting was different oh, I was, well. I was, so i was like changing the lighting every time i was doing a shot uh, one shot is harsh light other shot is soft light other shot is a mix of both other shot is more like a warm tone so so i i, I really like to play around with the, the lighting in my photos and uh, i think if you can control uh, the light in your photos i think nothing like it it's photography is purely about lighting right so uh, for me, the biggest challenge is always to figure out the lighting. Uh, once I'm able to do it and uh, uh, I, I try to uh, like play around and make sure that the food should look the uh, hero and it should yeah. look the best. So I have faced challenges, but then I have figured my way around it.
1: Yeah. And I think what you say is so important that we kind of have to admit that to the client as well because there are many folks who would probably do the shoot and say sorry this is the best you can get and take it or leave it but you said give me some time I'll come back again and if you need to redo you would redo it because that's the service that you provide that is what you want you don't want the client to be like okay this is what you sign up for here's what you get you're giving them the best product that you can so I think that is a very 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 powerful
0: approach Right and you can tell them that that I tried but unfortunately I cannot and I think it would be better that if you look for somebody else who can do it for you. Right. Uh, see end of the day what is also important is that a uh, you're not hampering that relationship with your client and also eventually uh, the job should be done. So either you do it or you recommend them that okay this is something which I cannot do or this is not like I I I was not able to figure this out. Yeah. So it will be better that instead of you waiting for me or holding on to me, you go for somebody else and you get your job done. Yeah. So uh, like even today, when people reach out to me and and they a lot of restaurants they reach out and they would uh, seek a quotation. I would give them a price offer. Uh, there are times when people find it out of their budget because then there are all sorts of photographers, people working in different budget segments, different clients and then they ask me that if i could refer them somebody to do this job for them and i am more than happy to do that so even if they're not hiring me to do their job at least i was able to give them something so that next time uh, when they have that budget or maybe when they yeah. know that they yeah. they'll they'll come back to me right why yes. to shut somebody down and and it's okay if you can help somebody get their work done or get their uh, things sorted i mean uh, there is no harm in doing that even if it does not give you any returns it's still fine you were able able to help somebody and you were able to advise something to them and they were able to get uh, that thing right. So I think that's what's more important that uh, your advice worked and they got what they wanted.
1: That's really incredible and very very powerful as a experience or a service that you can provide to a client. So tell me what are your current struggles as a food photographer?
0: uh see uh, it's it's like in any other business uh there are always ups and downs like the past 3 years have been very challenging especially for the F&B industry the fnb industry is the one which is uh, impacted the first and uh, it it starts moving the last uh, when everything uh, like falls in place so uh, the restaurants and the hotels are first to shut down and they're always the last to open True. So uh, I think last three years have been really, really challenging in the way the whole business has uh, like shifted focus. It has become very, very uh, like consistent, especially after the second wave. Uh, I remember when the first wave hit and when the lockdown had just opened, that was probably the busiest year of my uh, whole five years. Uh, once mm. the first lockdown had opened because mm. people were just waiting and they were, uh, the restaurants were closed. And now since they had opened, they were just waiting to get to the market they knew that that the people uh, the customers will be spending money because people were at home they were bored and now they wanted to go out yeah I think uh, after the first lockdown it was kind of very very busy for me they took a big hit after the first wave but then uh, they were still recovering but then when the second wave happened I think it was just purely a wait and watch game that brands uh, said okay let's see what happens next and then we'll probably start pumping in more money so of course uh, they they were more concentrated on uh, just getting uh, their food to the people and uh, with whatever they had with them marketing was uh, i mean marketing yeah. was happening but they were mm-hmm. not uh, putting in much budgets uh, into that so i think uh, the past uh, 3 years have been really really uh, different i would not say difficult but yeah they have been different because the whole uh, industry has become very very price conscious lately true i mean uh, even like big brands, uh, they've now started to reach out to uh, all kinds of photographers and get photography done at as low as possible. I mean, the whole situation in the past three months has changed the whole mindset of the industry. But I'm pretty much confident that now since things are gradually again picking up and uh, just like in any any business, you'll always have your ups and downs. You'll have, always have your peaks. You'll always have your periods wherein uh, there is very less work. but Overall, uh, I think right now it does look very, very promising, and I'm hoping that it will just bounce back again the way it was before. And I I think that it will probably be even better than yes. (laughs) That's my hunch too. (laughs) Yeah, so it's kind of my intuition and uh, kind of my gut says that yes, it's gonna. It's gonna come back stronger,
1: and maybe it's just we're being we're being optimistic (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Superb, and so tell us like if we had to ask you, like, what are the next five years or what is the road ahead looking like for you?
0: <laughs> well, How often do we plan something and usually uh, uh, <laughs> we, we get to it, but I really uh, haven't figured that out. I mean, I often say to myself that maybe five years down the line, uh, I may not be doing photography. I may be doing something else. I don't uh-huh. know. I mean, I yes, know. yes. I don't Uh, Right now, yes, I would say I want to do photography. I want to continue uh, doing this, but I don't know five years down the line what, but yeah, what I do uh, see for myself is, or rather what I would want to be at is uh, like apart from doing what I'm already doing, that is photography. I I really want to get into more of the whole conceptual shots and all. So I really want to get into more of very, very uh, kind of dramatic shots, maybe like you're able to do something like maybe just two shots a day or one shot a day. So maybe uh, do something which hasn't been done before. Uh, wow. Change the whole perspective, uh, yeah. like change the whole art scene around food photography. Uh, yeah. I also see myself getting into a book. I would not say that I'm very, very qualified right now. So, yeah, like I said, maybe another five years down the line or four years down the line, maybe yeah. uh, I'll be in a position wherein I can say that, yeah, I, I am somebody who is an authority on. Uh, food photography and i can then share my knowledge in form of a book with others i would also like to see myself maybe doing some mentoring sessions or maybe doing some uh, yeah uh, sharing my stories with people uh audiences doing yes this kind of thing. so i, I really uh, look at myself like that yeah and uh, i don't know so like <laughs> i said i don't know that's what i want to do right now but uh well, well, let's see how it happens and uh, how it falls in place and what happens. Because like uh, Steve Jobs said that you cannot connect the dots looking forward. You can all, only do it looking <laughs> backwards. Oh my
1: so God, that's know, amazing. Yes.
0: I don't know how the dots are, <laughs> are, are going to connect, but let's say five years down the line and I'm then looking back and I'm saying, okay, so I have reached here because this is what I did that time yeah. and this is how it has all connected and this is how it has all fallen in place. Yeah. So So right now, my approach is that I do it the way it comes to me. And uh, if I feel that this is something which I want to do, uh, I'll do it. I mean, I'll go for it. I don't know whether I'll continue doing it for the rest of the time. If I get something in my mind, okay, that this is what what I want to try now, I'll do it. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) how you
1: are here. And so if there is something that feels like you're calling, you give it a shot and you give it your best shot. So that's, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. So I have one last question for you. And that is, what would be your number one advice to someone starting a food photography business?
0: Uh, well, number one advice. Uh, so this can be a very, very uh, like a specific question also. And this can be kind of a very, very uh like a wider or a deeper uh, question also uh, so maybe I'll try to uh, share both from from my experience as a very very photography centric or very very uh, profession centric I would say that like I said that you start with the portfolio then you start reaching out to people uh, but I would also say that you really don't need any expensive gears to uh, yeah. like do photography a good camera is not something that makes your picture. I mean, of course, as a technical person, if you get into it and like go into details, then the, definitely there is always a difference. And uh, But as a layman, you don't need very expensive gear or very high-end uh, equipments to make good photographs. I mean, if you have the knack of it, if you have the eye for it, then even with very, very simple tools. And like I said, I started with a very basic camera and uh, I used to work with natural light. You don't need to spend lavishly to start this profession you can start at whatever stage you are right now yeah gradually build onto it and uh, because somehow there is this huge kind of a like a balloon that people say, feel that okay photography is about like one light here one light here and like so many people on the set one is doing that the other is doing that and like you have a lot of people are doing this and then there's a lot of post-production happening Yes, it is like that as well. Uh, commercially, yes, it, it is like that. It was like that always. But now it has changed. Uh, now the f- uh, focus has changed. Now, uh, f- so like I am a stylist and a photographer built into one. I'm not like two people working on the set. I'm one person working on the set doing two things. So the whole focus and everything has changed. And I think the market is very, very good right now. Uh, I think last uh, three years or so after lockdown, there has been... Certainly a huge wave of people uh, who are getting into food photography. Because of course, there is a lot of business as well. And uh, there is no entry barrier. If you are confident about your work and you understand uh, your gear and you understand your tools, then uh, yeah. you can just, you just have to make the best of it. I mean, you can give a camera to anybody, but as long as they don't know how to operate it or how to uh, get the desired results. I mean, it's of no use. Even You can use a very expensive high-end camera also. But if I don't know what I'm doing, then I really cannot do anything. So so I think uh, my advice is that start with what you have. At least start. The advice is to start. Like don't overthink. Start with what you have. Practice and implement. Uh, for certain shoots, I used to go out and rent out the equipment, which I felt that uh, okay, yeah. this would help me do something better. So I would just go out and rent it and, and start using it. Just rent them out, uh, use them and see if they really work out for you. And uh, that is when you can take that decision so initially the core focus should be to just do, just do your work i mean just do good work because uh, eventually that's gonna uh, pay you and good work is something which will just fuel the engine and it will keep it running for the next couple of years so i think uh, people like ask me that uh, the client is asking this what should i tell them they want to use this photo there uh, should i code them higher so i tell them that you're just starting out right now and uh, Right now, the main focus should be to get as much work as possible, because the more number of assignments that you will do, the more experienced you will get. Next time when you're talking to that client, then you already know uh, what they're trying to say and you already know what to say. So I think uh, initially it is uh, do all sorts of jobs that you get and just like start at least start with it uh, because they are only helping you uh, build your portfolio. Do not work for free. If somebody is using your work for their commercial interest, then I mean, you you need to be uh, rewarded in return. It's your hard work. It's your effort. And of course, I feel that when there is a, a monetary thing involved, then it becomes more professional as well. Otherwise, uh, if there is no, uh, like I said, the right expectation setting, if it's not there, then uh, you will go there thinking that I'm going to shoot five dishes and the client ends up putting 15 dishes on yeah. your table that shoot all of these True. So I think that's when the disconnect happens. So so be clear, tell them what you're going to deliver. And uh, I think communication, good communication is really a key when you're starting out. Tell uh, your clients that uh, this is what they want and this is what you will give so that the expectations are right. Yep. Uh, you don't want any disconnects. You don't want anyone uh, uh, like not meeting the expectations because then it puts you in a bad soup. So uh, do what you say you will do. And I think uh, that just takes care of all of it. If you do what you say you will do, then it just sorted then.
1: So true. That's amazing. I think those are really key to making it as a photographer. So Abhishek, thank you so much for making the time. Thank you so much for sharing so many like life stories and photography stories and experience stories with us. I think it's not just your technical photography. I think you inspire a lot of people in how you have taken your journey forward in how you've built yourself as a photographer, how you've put your name out there. I think you've gone ground up and I think people really see it. And that's what they admire in you. That's what you have left me with after this conversation. Such a delight talking to you. Can you tell our audience where they can find you on social media, your website and everywhere else
0: that you're present? So you can uh, follow me on Instagram. Uh, I'm on Instagram as Abhishek Khanna. There is a single K in between. So it's just continuous. If you just uh, probably type in my, my name, uh, I'll be happy if I show up in the search results. <laughs> Google <automatically>. page one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, so that means that uh, my SEO is right. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, I'm also in Behance. I, I share uh, not all of the most of the pictures. I mean, since when you're shooting for one particular brand, they will always end up looking repetitive. So I share my project-wise work on Behance, and uh, Instagram is mainly for showcasing my individual pictures. Also, I'm I'm on the web. Just Google abhishekhana and uh, hopefully you'll find me there. I'm also on Facebook, but uh, Instagram is where I'm majorly uh, active on. And uh, I think Instagram is a great tool to connect with like-minded people who are in the same industry and doing the same thing that you love doing. And I'm always there. People uh, keep on reaching out with questions and I'm more than happy to answer them. So I'm not saying I'm the expert, uh, but whatever I know, uh, I try to share as much as I can. If you have something for me and you can reach out and uh, I can answer that for you, then I think nothing else I can ask for.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for making the time. Such a pleasure speaking to you. I'm sure our audience will be extremely inspired and pumped after listening <coughs> to everything you had to say. So Thank you, Abhishek.
0: Thank you, Jitima. And wonderful to be talking. I hope to uh, do another session soon, maybe something uh, around some other topics. But I mean, it was really good to be uh, chatting with you.
1: So that was Abhishek Khanna. And I think he was amazing. I mean, he really speaks from the heart. We were on a video call and I could see him. That guy talks from the heart. And you can kind of see that in his work as well. He's so inspiring and at so many different levels. And I hope that just listening to him gave you a fairly good idea of what goes on behind the scenes in the commercial food photography world and also how it's changed over the years what you can expect from it now what are some challenges that can come your way and just so much more just even on a personal level he was so honest he was so open about his journey and I think even though our journeys overlap at many different levels I felt pumped I felt inspired I felt amazing such a great guy such a cool guy like I said and so inspiring really guys so as he said He's always open to questions and so am I. So if you guys have any questions on food photography, commercial food photography, or anything business related or mindset related, Please shoot it to either Abhishek or myself and we will be happy to answer any questions that you have. All right, guys, with that, if you enjoyed this episode, please do leave a rating and a review. And if you want to see any other guests on the podcast, then please do let me know as well. Just send me a DM on Instagram. Just send me an email and I'll get cracking. With that, guys, I'm going to take your leave and I'll see you next week with another episode. Bye bye.